Well, good evening and a very warm welcome to this service of spiritual communion on this Maundy Thursday, a service which then leads into the Maundy Thursday Watch. It's really good to be here with you worshipping this evening. Maundy Thursday is, of course, now leading into the most solemn part of Holy Week. The three days from Maundy Thursday to Easter Sunday are known in the church as the Holy Triduum. And during those three days, we recount the last three days of Jesus' life on earth, the events of his passion and resurrection. It's tradition in many churches following the Eucharist on Maundy Thursday for the sacraments to be processed from the altar to a garden of repose, perhaps somewhere else in the church. Now, clearly, that's a difficult thing for us to reproduce in our present circumstances. But you might like to set aside another room or another part of the house that you could move to at the end, the climax of this service, for a time of prayer. Alternatively, you may wish simply to stay where you are and keep a period of silence as you watch and wait with our Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane. If you are planning to move to a new location at the end of the service, it would be worth making sure that you have a movable source of light or a candle that you can take with you at that point in the service. The words for our service this evening can be found in the Holy Week booklet. So as we come to worship this evening, we begin with a moment of quiet. We come from scattered lives to meet with God. Let us recognise God's presence with us now. O God, come to my aid. O Lord, make haste to help me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so we turn now to a time of confession. We spend a few moments in quiet as we come before God with those things particularly on our hearts this evening those things of which our consciences are afraid. But we come in full confidence of God's love for us and of the forgiveness that Jesus won for us on the cross. Our Lord Jesus Christ says, If you love me, Keep my commandments. Unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Let us confess to Almighty God our sins against his love and ask him to cleanse us. Have mercy on us, O God, in your great goodness. According to the abundance of your compassion, blot out our offences. Lord, have mercy. Against you only have we sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Christ, have mercy. Purge us from our sin 
and we shall be clean. Wash us, and we shall be whiter than snow. Lord, have mercy. May the Father forgive us by the death of his Son, and strengthen us to live in the power of the Spirit all our days. Amen. So our collect prayer for today. Let us pray that we may love one another as Christ has loved us. God our Father, your Son Jesus Christ was obedient to the end and drank the cup prepared for him. May we who share his table watch with him through the night of suffering and be faithful. Amen. Before we come to our scripture readings for this evening, I'd invite you, if you would like to, to now pause this podcast and to click on the link on the Facebook page to sing that wonderful hymn, The Servant King. And so we come to our Old Testament reading, reading from Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 to 4 and 11 to 14. And this is read for us by Richard Howells. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in Egypt. This month is to be the first month of the year for you. Give these instructions to the whole community of Israel. On the tenth day of this month, each man shall choose either a lamb or a young goat for his household. If his family is too small to eat the whole animal, he and his next-door neighbour may share an animal in proportion to the number of people and the amount that each person can eat. You are to eat it quickly, for you are to be dressed for travel with your sandals on your feet and your stick in your hand. It is the Passover festival to honour me, the Lord. On that night, I will go through the whole land of Egypt, killing every firstborn male, both human and animal, and punishing all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood on your doorpost will be a sign to mark houses in which you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you and will not harm you when I punish the Egyptians. You must celebrate this day as a religious festival to remind you of what I, the Lord, have done. Celebrate it for all time to come. So we come now to our psalm set for this evening, Psalm 116, verses 9 to the end. I walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I kept my faith even when I said, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my consternation, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. O Lord, I am your servant. 
I am your servant, the child of your serving maid. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you a thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. So we come now to our New Testament reading, read this evening for us by Amanda Stanford. Reading from 1 Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is the word of the Lord. So we come now to our Gospel reading for this evening, read for us today by the Reverend Mike Batchelor. Praise to you, O Christ, King of eternal glory. I give you a new commandment, says the Lord. Love one another as I have loved you. Praise to you, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. It was before the festival of Passover. Jesus knew that his time had come, the time for him to leave this world and go to the Father. He had always loved his own people in the world. Now he loved them right to the end. It was supper time. The devil had already put the idea of betraying him into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. So he got up from the supper table, took off his clothes and wrapped a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a bowl and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel he was wrapped in. He came to Simon Peter. Master, said Peter, what's this? You washing my feet? You don't understand yet what I'm doing, replied Jesus, but you'll know afterwards. I'm not going to have you wash my feet, said Peter, never. If I don't wash you, replied Jesus, you don't belong to me. All right then, Master said Simon Peter, but not only my feet, wash my hands and my head as well. Someone who has washed, said Jesus to him, doesn't need to wash again except for their feet. They're clean all over, and you are clean, but not all of you. Jesus knew, you see, who was going to betray him. That's why he said, you are not all clean. So when he'd washed their feet, he put on his clothes and sat down again. Do you know what I've done for you? he asked. You call me teacher and master, and you're right, that's what I am. 
Well then, if I, as your master and teacher, washed your feet just now, you should wash each other's feet. I've given you a pattern so that you can do things in the same way that I did to you. I'm telling you the solemn truth, he continued. The slave isn't greater than the master. People who are sent are not greater than the person who sends them. If you know these things, God's blessing on you if you do them. Now the Son of Man is glorified, he said. Now God is glorified in him. And if God is glorified in him, God will glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Children, I'm only with you a little longer. You look for me, and, as I said to the Judeans, that, the, that where I was going they couldn't come. So I'm saying the same to you now. I'm giving you a new commandment. It's this. Love one another, just as I have loved you, so you must love one another. This is how everybody will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for each other. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. May I speak in the name of the one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. So as we journey together through Holy Week, we now reach Maundy Thursday. In these final three days, we walk alongside Jesus through the final hours of his ministry and, of course, beyond to the joy of Easter. Throughout this week in our Lunchtime podcast, we've been reflecting on the theme of expectations, how Jesus' life and ministry defied expectations about himself about others, about what it means to follow him as Christians. And on this Maundy Thursday, I think we find one of the most shocking, challenging examples of this. In our Gospel reading, Jesus blows his followers' expectations out of the water. So to begin, I'd like to do something a little bit different. I'd like us to use our imaginations to try to get a glimpse, perhaps a new insight, into those shocking events in that upper room. Now, I realise that this isn't everybody's cup of tea, so if this is something that you struggle with, I hope that you can bear with me just for a few moments. But if you do feel comfortable too, I'd like to ask you just to close your eyes. And take a few moments just to still yourself where you are. Now, I want you to go in your imagination to that upper room. It's evening. The candles are lit. The room is filled with flickering light. You're sitting at a long, low table and the table's scattered with the remnants of a meal. Around you are a group of your closest friends. 
you're full of food and wine. You feel relaxed in each other's company. You can hear the low chatter, the laughter, the clink of wine goblets as your friends enjoy this time together. You can smell a fire burning in the hearth. As you watch, one of your friends stands from his place. He walks over to the fire. He picks up the pot of water which has been heating there and he pours it into a basin. You hear the water splashing as it falls. You see the steam rising from the warm water. He takes off his robe and ties a towel around his waist. Your friends are watching him intently. Some of them are whispering to one another. And as you watch, the man returns to the table. He kneels down at the feet of one of your friends and begins to wash his feet. There's lots of whispering now. Your friends look confused, shocked, uncomfortable. He then moves on to the next place. You can't hear the words, but you can see that this friend is not happy. He seems agitated. He keeps his feet firmly on the floor. But then as you watch, something changes. His face softens and he allows the man to wash his feet too. Your friend is moving closer now. He's walking towards you. He kneels at your feet and he smiles. He stretches his hand out, inviting you to give him your foot. Take a moment to let that scene fade and when you're ready, open your eyes. Just take a moment to reflect. How did it feel to be surrounded by all your closest friends? How did it make you feel as you watched that scene unfold in your mind? How did you feel as Jesus came nearer to you? What was your reaction as Jesus knelt at your feet? In that scene which is so familiar to us, Jesus defies all expectations. 
Jesus, the disciples' Lord and Messiah, humbles himself. He washes their feet like the lowest servant. And it's a scene, of course, that would normally be reenacted in our churches, in churches all around the world this evening. It's an incredibly powerful and moving part of the Maundy Thursday service in many churches. And it's one of which, of course, today we're prevented from experiencing physically. But it's also a scene which I think speaks very powerfully into the challenging situation we find ourselves in. Chatting on the telephone over these past days and weeks, so many of you have said how deeply you miss the St Stephen's family, how much you miss meeting with and worshipping with your church friends, how much you miss the love, the belonging, the support, the socialising and the chat. As Christians, we receive so many blessings, but one of the greatest for me is our belonging within the body of Christ. Jesus gave his disciples a great gift in each other. He formed them into a family, a family of different characters, different personalities, different strengths and weaknesses, but a family who loved and cared for one another, who ate together, who prayed together. Every week at St Stephen's we meet around a table, just as those first disciples did in that upper room. Our family meets together and eats together, and it's a huge gift, a gift which I know many of us are missing hugely. But as the Liturgy for Spiritual Communion reminds us, our family is not defined by walls, by a building. Whether together or apart, as members of Christ's body, we belong to one another. We are part of one another. Even in isolation, we're never alone. And when we do finally come together once more around Jesus' table, well, what a party that will be. But there's one other important message, I think, from today's gospel scene. Of course, it speaks powerfully of Jesus' call on each one of us to love and to serve one another. I have set you an example, Jesus says, that you should do as I have done for you. And over recent weeks, we've seen so many wonderful examples of this. Ordinary people loving and serving others. Healthcare workers, carers, volunteers caring for the vulnerable collecting medicines, making up food parcels, so many people selflessly giving of themselves. Jesus' call to serve is at the heart of our faith. In that great hymn, The Servant King, we sing, Let us learn how to serve, and in our lives enthrone him, each other's needs to prefer, for it is Christ we're serving. Serving is part of who we are. But our gospel today reveals something that I find even more challenging. The call to be served. Before I was ordained, I volunteered in the chaplaincy department of my local prison. And one year I attended their Maundy Thursday service. When it came to the foot washing 
part of the service, I and a couple of the chaplains washed some of the prisoners' feet. Very powerful, very moving. Exactly what it felt like I was called to do. But then, as we sat back down, one of the prisoners stood up. He took the bowl of water and he asked if he could wash our feet. Well, I've never felt so uncomfortable. It was awful. Serving, yes, I can do that. Being served, making myself vulnerable, no thanks. In that moment, I was Peter. You wash my feet, no way. As Christians, yes, we are called to serve others but we're also called to allow ourselves to be served, to allow ourselves to be vulnerable, to accept the care and the support of others. And it's a truth I think we often miss as Christians. For some, these past few weeks have been full of service. You might still be at work. You've perhaps been involved in volunteering. But for others, these weeks have been ones of frustration forced to self-isolate, desperately wanting to help, but unable, perhaps needing for the first time to rely on the care of others. Jesus calls us to love one another, to serve one another. So by definition, this means that some of us must receive care while others give it. So it might go against your every instinct but right now, receiving the care of others, blessing others by allowing them to bless you, may be what you're called to do. As one of my favourite hymns says, Brother, sister, let me serve you. Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I may have the grace to let you be my servant too. So as we walk through these challenging days, together whilst apart. Let's give thanks for one another, for the wonderful family Jesus has given to us. Let's thank God for those opportunities he has given us to serve others throughout our lives. And let's together pray for the grace to let others serve us too. Amen. So as we continue to reflect on that gospel passage, we now have the opportunity, if you would like to, to sing that hymn, Brother, Sister, Let Me Serve You. And again, the link can be found on the Facebook page. So we turn now to a time of prayer. In the power of the Spirit, let us pray to the Father, through Christ, the Saviour of the world. Father, on this, the night he was betrayed, your Son, Jesus Christ, washed his disciples' feet. We commit ourselves to follow his example of love and service. Lord, hear us and humble us. On this night, he prayed for his disciples to be one. We pray for the unity of your church. 
Lord, hear us and unite us. On this night, he prayed for those who were to believe through his disciples' message. We pray for the mission of your church. Lord, hear us and renew our zeal. On this night, he commanded his disciples to love, but suffered rejection himself. We pray for the rejected and unloved. Lord, hear us and fill us with your love. On this night, he reminded his disciples that if the world hated them, it hated him first. We pray for those who are persecuted for their faith. Lord, hear us and give us your peace. On this night, he accepted the cup of death and looked forward to the new wine of the kingdom. We remember those who have died in the peace of Christ. Lord, hear us, and welcome all your children into paradise. And our prayers conclude in the words of the Lord's Prayer. We pray together. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and for ever. Amen. And so we come now to that time of our service where we receive spiritual communion. As we pray the prayer together, we invite Jesus to come into our hearts afresh and we're enabled to receive the communion of Jesus Christ even though we're not able to receive the sacrament physically in ourselves. The church of which we are members is not defined by the walls of a building, but by the body of Christ of which we are members. In making our communion spiritually, we are joining with Christians everywhere to be nourished by the one who tells us, I am the bread of life. So as we pray this prayer, you may want to Place your hands in an open position. It's a symbol of your readiness to receive God's grace and God's presence with you. And we pray. Thanks be to you, Lord Jesus Christ, for all the benefits you have given me, for all the pains and insults you have borne for me. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, I ask you to come spiritually into my heart. O most merciful Redeemer, friend and brother, may I know you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly, day by day. 
Amen. Our post-communion prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that in this wonderful sacrament you have given us the memorial of your passion. Grant us so to reverence the sacred mysteries of your body and blood that we may know within ourselves and show forth in our lives the fruit of your redemption. For you are alive and reign now and for ever. Amen. So before we come to our final prayer of blessing, we'll listen to that beautiful piece of music, Ubi Caritas, by de Rufle. The translation, where charity and love are, God is there. So we pray for God's blessing. May the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon us this night and always.
Amen. Ordinarily at this point, the Blessed Sacrament would be moved to the altar of repose. And the church would now be stripped of all its adornments ready for Good Friday. As you prepare for the watch, you might choose to read Psalm 88. Or alternatively, you'll find a link on the Facebook page to Tantum Ergo by De Severac. Following this, you may wish to move to a different place for the watch, taking your candle with you. Or you may simply wish to keep a period of silence where you are as you watch and wait with our Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane, the candle signifying his presence. As your vigil comes to an end, if you restart this podcast, you'll hear the Gospel of the Watch and our closing sentence. The Gospel of the Watch When the disciples had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus prayed to the Father, If it is possible, take this cup of suffering from me. He said to his disciples, How is it that you were not able to keep watch with me for one hour? The hour has come for the Son of Man to be handed over to the power of sinners. Christ was obedient unto death. Go in his peace.